0: Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast. Uh, I'm Kevin, he's Glenn, we're recording on a Wednesday night after the Hawks' first preseason loss in Cleveland. Uh, We recorded a pod the other day after the win, the the second win in Abu Dhabi, and my audio was just not with it, so that went to the circular bin of history. And today we have two birthdays, uh, you know, first and and slightly and less important, Tony Wrestler,
1: But uh, much more importantly, Glenn, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I did not know it was Tony Wrestler's birthday. I didn't know I shared a birthday with Tony Wrestler, And uh, it's, it's kind of funny because I, I don't know if listeners know, but I'm an identical twin and I've been sharing my birthday my whole life, obviously and uh and now like you know here in this hawks space uh you know i got to share it with someone else and uh, you know uh i had a great birthday uh but it's just it's just kind of kind of funny that I there's that more sharing of my birthday just kind of keeps coming at me so um but appreciate the birthday wishes heard from a lot of friends and family today uh, and which is always nice a chance to just kind of catch up even you know, if it's someone you haven't spoken with in a while so uh thanks and uh it's, it's been a great day and uh another treat here to, to get the talk Hawks with you for a bit uh,
0: in your honor i want to do a dramatic reading of a, of a tweet from two days ago <laughs> okay. after a full rewatch of both games one of my bigger takeaways <laughs> is that trey was completely different in how he interacted with the officials i'd bet on him roughly cutting his technical files in half
1: Man, my the the birthday thing went out the window fast, there, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he he broke out the goggles tonight, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Yeah, I know. I, I had to. I, 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 I mean,
0: justifiably, like I, I I I see what his larger point was, uh, but he he chose a manner of making the point that is always going to get you the slap on the wrist.
1: Oh, yeah, always. And the thing for me is that. When I I watched him in the Abu Dhabi games, he was just being more diplomatic. He was being more conversational. It was his body language and just how he's approaching the rest. It was different. So I'm I'm hoping that this tonight was a tired, cranky Trey from all the travel and jet lag and things like that. And he just reverted back. But uh, hopefully we'll see more of what we saw in Abu Dhabi, which was the more diplomatic kind of version of himself. We'll, We'll see. I've never had a tweet show up in the kind of old takes exposed, but as soon as I tweeted that one from uh, after the second game in Abu Dhabi, I was like, "This one has this one has a chance." (laughs) No, I I agree with you. Like
0: I I could see tonight being sort of the low energy, cranky pants, and honestly, like you know, one of the one of the pros about the Dejounte thing, you know, pairing him with Trey is that. I, I do think it sort of just saves his energy. I think you know that the the complaining to the officials is a is a symptom, not a cause. But like, you know, it, if he has better energy, uh, that that can show up in a lot of different, various,
1: weird ways. Agreed. I I like that it, he the the tech he got tonight was for a teammate not getting a call. Uh, that matters to me yep. a little, right? Yep. And then I also like Nate taking the tech late uh, when Jalen, Jalen, who was, we'll probably talk more about this, but Jalen, who was just really passive this entire game is this was his first game. Um, But the one time he made a really, really aggressive move, Nate got really upset that he didn't get the call. And to me, that was Nate wanting to reinforce, hey, when you're aggressive, Jalen, we have your back, you know, and those sorts of things. But so in those senses, I, I didn't really mind so much.
0: Yeah, it was kind of, kind of weird from Jalen. Like, I like that. I don't know what he, but he have like eight points and eleven assists or eleven rebounds, something like that. And like eight of the points were like a three that he made, and another three that he took and got fouled on. Where he doesn't, he-, he didn't hesitate on the outside shot. It feels a little bit like he's found kind of a, or at least he's exploring like a little bit of like a pet move, and it. It's a sl- you know it's a slow thing. It's kind of like a, a like a little sh- little shot fake and then drive left. But it's kind of it's kind of gunking it up a little bit for him. Like you can see what he's gonna try to get out of that, but like that's a mix in, not like an every single possession thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know he if you've seen him play across the different levels, you know, he's an instinctive player, um, and I think in the NBA it takes habits and. Uh, technique and that's sort of he's kind of on a journey to and not that he'll ever I think kind of be completely rid of using his instinct um like high level athletes often are well served to to use their instinct uh, especially those types um but to add some useful technique and I I think that's kind of the journey he's on and he's probably going to be in this space for a little while where um he's trying to kind of put those pieces together Um, and especially since he didn't play in either of the first two games didn't didn't bother me i'm not i'm not discouraged at all from what i saw i was like oh he needs more he needs more reps he needs more time uh and and all that so i mean but i mean still just watching him rebound like an effortless rebounder watching him run up and down the court switching in effortless and real kind of uh, athleticism as a guy who has speed and bounce and stuff like that i mean even when he was kind of Um, laying back a little bit and and not being uh, super assertive, you still saw kind of all of that stuff that makes you kind of excited about um, what his raw potential is. Um, Like I said tonight, I felt like I was someone who was watching someone who was trying to kind of put that athleticism instinct together with kind of a, a new set of techniques that they've been working on. And, you know, first time out, didn't look awesome. But like I said, you still saw a lot of the stuff that makes you... Think he could be uh, a really intriguing player down the line. Yeah,
0: he's kind of the poster child for, for one of my biggest takeaways from this game, which is it you know, just, just watching the entirety of the, the Hawks starting lineup, bench lineup, like all told, like they it just felt like such a stark difference between this game and where they were in the postseason or at the end of last regular season. In terms of how many big bouncy bodies they have out there, like mm-hmm. by the end of the regular season, you know John had no lift, Clint was kinda out of it the whole season, just never looked right. They had Gallinari out there, like a Kongwu, you know God bless him, he's bouncy and kind of big, but you know if he's the only one, it just does he doesn't feel that big when he's by himself, right. and then you put him in these lineups with Jalen and like Okongwu just feels bigger, it's like they just have a you know, a a cumulative effect. John looks super bouncy. Clint was unbelievable in the first half before he had like the thumb injury in the, in the third quarter, but like, you know, he had a ton of rebounds. He was protecting the rim really well as was Jared Allen on the other end. Um, But I I was just, it's just a different vibe in terms of how big and strong this Hawks team is. Like they don't seem like a team that's going to get bullied on the glass in any game. Uh, if they keep this volume of uh, big bouncy bodies out there
1: agreed and you know DeJonte, uh as one of the elite guard rebounders in the league um, adds to that and and even like Aaron Holliday is a, a smaller guy but he's you know he's a strong guy and he's he plays with some some physicality and assertiveness that uh, helps in the margins in those areas as well you know last year you saw um, a lot of you know Gallo and Lou Williams on the second unit just you know You know, guys at points in their career where they're using their head a lot more than their body, you know, um, and such. And there's value in that. And that uh, worked wonderfully in the run of the Eastern Conference Final two years ago. But to your point, I think this is is just different. You see guys that just uh, are quicker and uh, uh, to the to the ball, quicker to the boards. Uh, have more athleticism and kind of just juice, just generally speaking. There, and I agree. I think they're going to uh, kind of just be better in some phases where they got hurt down the stretch last year, especially in games when Nate would feel like he had to close the gap when they're kind of chasing, uh, you know, uh, a team who's got eight, ten, twelve point lead or something like that. Um, you know, maybe this year the, they'll find themselves in that situation less. I've, this feels like a team that's going to play more close games to me. I think they're going to be more consistent and more level uh, in their kind of performance. And, you know, but we'll see uh, how that goes. But I, I think that insight is that observation is spot on.
0: Yeah. I, I, I could see the close game thing. I mean, it also feels like their path to success is that they have to be a better defensive team. Like they have to put that to use. They're not going to have the same juice on offense maybe maybe they can get to that point AJ Griffin sure look nice tonight um but it's uh, it's it's a little bit clunky at times like it's 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 just a different group and it, it just feels like their path to success has to come through the defense a little bit more than than what it was last year or 2 years ago
1: yeah agreed um you know they 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 won't be able to kind of uh put on the Florida lineup with a whole lot of shooting, like they could when, we, I mean, I've said before, Gallo is probably the best shooter at his position in the league still, you know, to me. All all aspects of shooting accounted for. Um, and so, you know, if they are trying to chase, uh, you know, a game uh, with the deficits, it's going to look differently because they just don't have as so much shooting to put out there. Um, but that said, like, you know, Trey can put the offense on his back if you're getting enough defense, you know, um, and they should get a uh, better defensive play. I, I I, think that's been the thing that's been most consistent across these three games. It's been just, uh, you know, they look tired, but they look, they didn't have, you know, fully have their legs in game three this evening. Um, but still like, I, they're just tighter, uh, more connected, tighter. And and they, they look like everybody on the court knows, you know, the scheme, the spot they're in where they're supposed to be, where they're supposed to show up with help, what their angle is supposed to be, what their spacing depends on supposed to be. That's just a lot tighter than it was really uh, last year. Um, and so I, I, I it is going to be interesting to see, like, for me, the, like the big question I have, if you ask me, what's the one big question you have heading into the season is, can they get the league average on defense? You know, seems like a high bar. That's a, that's a lot of ground to cover from last year. That's a lot of improvement, Um but I think getting from say around 25 to 15 is not as hard as getting from like 15 to five, you know? So I think it's a, I think it could be attainable. We'll see, we'll see if they're able to be consistent enough to, to, to get to that point, which could really um, have a big impact on their win trajectory.
0: What, what did you see from the defense scheme wise here? This is a question that I asked you in the episode that's lost to history, but, you know, we mentioned after the first game that, Playing against Giannis is is a little bit weird because you have somebody like Clint Capella trying to guard the Bucks primary ball handler in a lot of situations, and that changes what your defense looks like. They got to play a little bit more traditionally in the last couple of games. Uh, you know, what did you see in, in game two against the Bucks and then again tonight, scheme-wise against the Cavaliers? And what did they do and how well did they do it?
1: Yeah, so Game one, like you said, was a lot of uh, playing through Giannis. Game two was was still putting Clint on the perimeter with spotting Brooke Lopez up, you know, some. So still kind of getting the Hawks big away from the paint uh, a good bit. Tonight, like you said, Jared Allen, uh, Robin Lopez, uh, more traditional type offensive fives there. Um, You know, to me, I think the biggest thing is very little switching. Um, They did some switching but uh you know not much switching very selective switching is the way i would describe it fighting over screens chasing over screens uh the big man helping uh kind of cut down that angle of this of the ball handler the opposing uh, ball handler getting that screen angle uh and so just really trying to take space away around ball screens with uh you know both the big man and the, and the guy chasing the um the player getting the screen and so just a, a lot of them really managing angles and space at the point of ball screens. Um and then um you know a lot of a lot of good weak side and off ball help uh good presence good timing good you know good consistency being in the right spot so they they look to me kind of more like um I remember you know seeing the Hawks play the Knicks specifically where they use scheme like like perfected a certain, uh, a few certain kind of scheme fundamentals in that series to beat the next in the playoffs two years ago. And this looks more like that to me, where everybody knows their job, everybody knows the scheme, uh, and um, and they're just kind of showing up in a more connected connected way. Now, we, we both know Nate talked a decent amount about switching um, in the offseason, so we'll see if they get to that uh in the regular season it it could be that this is their what a a coach might call their base defense that we've seen in three games here Mm -hmm. where they don't want the switching to be kind of in the in the normal baseline that they kind of fall back on um you know switching in some coaches mind switching is cheating you know um (laughs) you know i think that's a real thing especially for kind of um you know, uh, kind of veteran coaches like Nate and guys from his era and things like that. Uh, and so he just may not want to give them that crutch. You know, in his mind, he might use the word crutch there. Um, but I think we're I think we're going to see matchups where switching has to be uh, kind of what you do. So that's interesting to me. But, you know, I, they just look stronger and more solid on that end. We'll see how much of that kind of carries through into a real game. Yeah, well,
0: one thing that stuck out to me was and this is specific to the Cleveland game. I guess DeJounte didn't play in the second Milwaukee game either, but um, it's not that they're not trying. You can you can physically see them in a lot of cases trying to work it out on the court, but uh, it feels like Trey and DeJounte need more reps together on defense. The, the, tonight it felt like they were trying to sort a lot of things out and and it's not to put it all on one player or the other, but that you could you could just kind of see them. A lot of times, you know, try to sort out who's going to go where? Am I going to go here? Or you're going to go there, and they just both go to the same place. <laughs> right. Um. There was one early where. You know, Trey was essentially you know guarding two on the weak side of the. Uh, on the weak side of the play, and. You know, it's like an X out play, and he kind of had to go to the further one to get that exo, and DeJounte was coming in behind and he should have crisscrossed with Trey and he didn't. And they both just went to the same guy. Um, there were some times where Trey would get screened and it was kind of a three-man action, you know, with a big, and then they're trying to figure out, okay, which of the two smalls am I going to go to? How do I get there? And you can see Trey and DeJounte, they're not, they're not, not trying. You can see them pointing, they're communicating. So those are all good signs, but like it's not instinctual yet in any way like they're they're not getting close and and that's something that they're going to have to work on and both of them i thought you know tonight in the you know in, in the instances where the hawks were playing a lot of drop coverage it felt like you know they were just dying on the screen like they should have been chasing over and getting over faster than they were Ro- robin lopez was sneaking in with the you know the occasional questionable drift on some of his screens, but it just felt like they died on too many. And again, you know, that could come full circle to where they tired from Abu Dhabi, but it just seemed like their technique was landing them square in the middle of the screen instead of even having a chance of getting over it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, um the, the Cavs were doing some different stuff on the weak side for sure. Uh, like the bucks will empty out the strong side and kind of stack three, three guys on the weak side to take the defender from the strong side corner away out of the play. The Cavs don't ever do that, right? And so this was a, a massive scheme, offensive scheme difference to account for. And then on top of that, it, I'd you know, it'd be interesting to hear the Hawks, Trey or Nate or whoever talk about, like, what did you expect coming into the game? Because the Cavs basically played four out the whole game, which is not was something they did a, at all last year, unless Kevin Love was in the game, you know, and Love didn't play tonight, Mobley didn't play tonight um you know and so they didn't have kind of their traditional kind of two big lineup where they just kind of kill you you know down close to the rim right um and so you know i think a part of it tonight was also like what are the cows going to do on offense you know because they uh uh, i guess we would stay say that um you know who would we say started at the four for them um i guess lamar stevens was was playing the four mostly (laughs) uh More than a Kuro was, I think, and I then think so. that's
0: that's probably fair.
1: And uh, and then, then your your favorite uh, big uh, quasi big man out of Virginia played a lot of four uh, tonight. Um, he,
0: he looks bigger and stronger. Like, I was, I was impressed. Like, I think he's filled out his body a little more, which
1: is gonna help him uh, go a he, long way. And he's he's just a more fluid basketball player, too. You could tell he's been working. Um, you know, I mean, at Virginia, he was um kind of a an energy big, right mm-hmm. when you say that but but now he looks like an actual skilled basketball player so i i think he has a future in the league you know yeah. so um but yeah it but i mean i do think the Cavs were running like like more traditional four out stuff that most league is running but what was maybe a little bit unexpected of that is that that's not what they read at all last year uh, or really really much of the last two years but especially uh last year um but yeah like the, the the bugs will stack the weak side the Cavs will spread you out put shooters in this, both corners and kind of go and then put a ton of pressure on the rim and kind of go from there so it was, it was a big change but as we all know in the regular season you know game to game to game you have three you know three games a week sometimes four games a week you're gonna you know have to uh, see very very different kind of schemes but um in a preseason where you have key guys sitting, it can be hard to know what you're going to see offensively. But, yeah, I, th- I thought what I saw tonight made me feel like Nate was just challenging them with their energy and their effort and their competitiveness on defense. And I thought that, you know, in the third quarter when they got, uh you know, took the lead back and all that, I thought they were leaning on their defensive play, which it's not something we could really expect out of, you know, last year's team. Yeah, yeah
0: uh are, are there other things you want to discuss
1: oh i mean uh, you mentioned I, th- I think you mentioned aj earlier so you yeah, know we got to um, about aj griffin yeah i mean i mean especially in in his first game so uh game two there um i was really surprised his team defense his health defense is, i mean he was really showing up in the right place a lot knowing what he was doing um which i didn't you know quite expect um it's hard to know after watching him at Duke for half a season probably is about what he played. Um, But then also you're reminded, you know, he's the son of a prominent assistant uh, coach in the league. And that's probably part of it too. And then on offense, I mean, I think we, I think we all expected him to be a a good shooter, Um, but it's not just his catch and shoot in the weak side when he's left alone. It's like his dribble relocation has been excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, His fill, for attacking closeout defenders has been excellent. His uh, ability to kind of read the momentum uh, that the closeout defender is carrying like to AJ's right or to AJ's left or to AJ's midsection and to read that momentum and attack in the right direction and with the right timing. I'm just shocked at how like advanced all of that is for um, him having just played two NBA games now. So that's, you know, that's really encouraging. He's on, on defense. He's um, on the ball, has a ways to go. That's not surprising. You know, uh, there is no level of play apart from the NBA that will prepare you for what you're going to see out of NBA creators, NBA initiators. So he just needs time and reps to learn, figure out how urgent you have to be, depending on ball with footwork, uh, showing up the angle, recognizing kind of what the, the guy you're guarding is trying to do and stuff. So but as a help defender, as a team defender, really exceeded my expectations. Um, past, you know, other areas besides shooting on offense really exceeded my expectations. So I I, I think he's going to be able to give them some reliable minutes this year, and he's going to help them uh, uh, more so than I had any idea before I watched these two games. I I'm
0: Maybe a little lower on, like, I, mean, I guess it depends on what scale you're using. Like I, I thought there were a couple of plays where he got a little bit lost on defense. Um, but yeah, uh,
1: I me mean, tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, tonight it was him and Jalen on together, and I think that was that's true. I think that was difficult.
0: That, that that's true. But and it's funny. It's like in terms of team team defense, like them being together uh is a negative but you know one thing that I think them being together is a positive is I think AJ can be a better rebounder than than maybe what was projected for him in the draft you know when when, when teams have to worry about Jalen and Onyeka doing stuff on the offensive glass like he can just kind of you know sponge up the occasional long offensive rebound just because there's so much attention going to them like you know going back to the big bouncy bodies, like, you know, they just you you get an exponential effect, I think, when you put multiples out there because they draw attention. And and when he's out there with Jalen, it feels like every rebound the Hawks have a, a decent shot at because uh you know, they're they're worried about boxing out other players. And and when Griffin's out there, I think he can benefit from that. He he's he's strong and he he has a, a pretty good knack for the ball, it seems like.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I, I I think, um. Yeah. I think the one takeaway is that if Nate's idea was to play AJ and Jalen kind of together as a part of the second unit, that I think that's going to be right for, for right now. Uh, that's going to be almost impossible, defensively. Um. Can, can they kind of get that sit sorted out in say a month or a month and a half? Perhaps. Um, am I making too much of the first time those two guys have been on the court together? Perhaps, you know, um, (laughs) but, but the Jalen was rough last year. And I, I just know in game two, AJ without Jalen, AJ was in the right place all the time, knew what he was doing when he was playing with experienced guys. He was playable on defense, um, especially as a help team and team defender tonight. You know, it was, it was rougher, um, but maybe there's a way to, um, not have the those two be on together for a long, long time, and still have them both part of like a eleven man rotation, or you know if that's the right number to have them both in it, you know, and such. So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting, and we'll kind of kind of see how that shakes out. But you know, it, if there's a goal of playing those two guys together a lot on the second unit, then there's some work to do, um, and we'll see how how quickly they can kind of progress that.
0: All right,
1: Penny, J- is it? Yes. yeah, just J C. The shot looks good. I mean, he looks like old JC to me, and that that's really encouraging, especially with you no know, Gallo on this team. Um, to see him look comfortable, you know, firing, pulling the trigger, all that sort of stuff looks great. Um, I, a question I have for you on him is like, do you expect him to become more of a volume shooter this year? I mean, it's I mean the bar is set really low because he's been such a low volume shooter, but but I ask that because of the fact that we know there's just not as much cumulative shooting on this roster. So, do you think that? they're encouraging him or he's just going to kind of take it upon himself or, or kind of a blend of those two things are going to uh, kind of result in him say uh, increasing his three point volume by 50% or something like that.
0: I think it's definitely going to have to go up just out of necessity. Um, you, you can kind of see they're, they're not always burying him in the corner They're You know, you look at some of the the shots that they were getting for him tonight, you know, they would, Initiate an action from the one wing, and they had him. You know, when when the Cavs kind of overloaded it on defense, he was there. You know, one pass away at the opposite wing, and you know they're giving him a lot of space to shoot, and he was using it. Um, it. You know, if it's if it sets up like that on a regular basis, yeah, absolutely. Uh, though those are good shots, and he looks comfortable taking them. You know, he can use his size to 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 get them up. I, I definitely think that it goes way up this season. I don't know what success level he's going to have and what kind of percentage, but I I, almost undoubtedly
1: the volume goes up. Yeah. And the the other part of that is Trey and DeJounte are going to be in the paint like all game, like every, you know, they're going to be in the paint constantly, you know, and that's going to collapse the defense and open up shots for him and whoever the three is, if that's Hunter or Justin Holiday or AJ, you know, whoever might be in the game, you know, with those guys. But I mean, Trey and DeJounte are going to be an absolute handful for other teams to try to keep out of the paint. And that's going to open up a lot of shots, Um, you know, and shot quality for a guy like Justin holiday has a lot to do with like what you expect of him. He's not a, you know, a knockdown shooter, but you leave him completely wide open and collapse the defense. Then, you know, his likelihood of making that shot got, it goes up a lot. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how, um, you know, John's usage and his shot profile kind of shifts a little bit uh th- this year um don't ever want to eliminate all of his work at the rim for sure but you know that's something that both Clint and Onyeka are pretty capable of too so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see um kind of how that how how all that uh, works out this year but looking forward to a good season from John I'm, I'm just happy for him and for the team to see him look like he's 100% comfortable pulling the trigger you know that hand has looked so bad the fingers look so bad it just kind of worried for him but you know everything looks normal and natural and that's a good sign and even all of his work in the mid-range shots are falling uh and he just looks like the the guy remember you know i you know i wrote the draft profile at p street hoops before when he was in that draft class and just remember just being amazed at his balance and his touch you know even even back then at age 20 um and still just still seeing a lot of that so encouraged by that so i i'm excited for the season to get started and kind of see what they carry into the regular season and see kind of where their defensive baseline is first five games or so uh and go from there um i think we've seen a lot of encouraging stuff uh we'll see how uh the encouraging stuff kind of sets them up for for the real games you know as we all know kind of a soft schedule to start knock on wood don't want to take anybody for granted and then <laughs> after the first five the next like what like i think 13 or or so 17 or
0: 17 or, or something i don't know it's yeah it's something yeah
1: it's pretty like pretty rough <laughs> so um so hopefully it's a fast start for him but yeah right. i'm Do ready to get any started. thoughts
0: on a uh on a Jay crowder trade and or a deandre hunter extension that you want to share
1: yeah. So, I mean, I can touch on both real quick. Um, I think Jay Crowder would help them. I, 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 you know, anytime you're, you're trying to accomplish what the Hawks are trying to accomplish, you fight for home court in the first round of the playoffs, you know, kind of get in range to compete for that. A veteran like Crowder giving you, you know, you know, minutes at the four and some potentially some of the three also when you want to go with bigger lineups, super valuable. Downside of that is that if you want to give jaylen a chance, and then Crowder, um, I don't see why he doesn't completely block Jalen this year.
0: Yeah, right. I, I, that's, I think that's – you hit on exactly the same thing I wanted to hit on, which is, you know, it, it, what your opinion should be should come down on, you know, do you want to see Jalen play or do you, do you want to try it with a veteran like Jay? Like, I could see the fit there, but if, if you bring him over, that's, that's kind of a wrap for Jalen. Yep. Unless it's, he's in the trade too. Like, he could just be in the tra- – I think you probably want to put him in the trade. Uh, because that's you know something you can give value for, and you probably know you're not gonna be able to use them the way
1: you should right and then and and maybe you don't have to give up a pick or a good pick if if that's what you're doing right um so so you know i I think anyone's view on that is like depends on a lot on how you feel about Jalen um and you know and we'll see uh, who else they send out to make the salary work. I don't love the idea of sending out Justin Holiday; I just think he's a a good veteran glue guy, you know. Uh, I think Jay would give them more physicality and kind of a little bit more presence where they might need a little bit more of that, having a couple of, you know, slimmer, Trey being a small guard. DeJounte's a really physical guard, but still, you know, sometimes when you're going up against, like, you know, Paul, George, and Kawhi, who are, you know, handling the point of attack for all 48 minutes where they play Clippers. Games like that might, you, just Jay would help yeah. you in a way that Justin can't. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't mind it so much, um, but yeah, it's, I don't see like a package that they would send out that I would feel awesome about. But at the same time, if you have a chance to get Jay four to four price tag, I think you just have to have to think about it. Um yeah, so there's that. What what was the other question you asked me before we anything about a DeAndre Hunter extension? Oh, I you know, I've said I said I think right at the end of the hawk season that um they shouldn't offer him anything he would accept and he shouldn't <laughs> he shouldn't accept anything that they would actually offer. You know, so I, you know, for the, I, I'm sure the Hawks are kind of, I would imagine, I should say, I would imagine the Hawks are fishing in that $90 million range, you know, kind of like where they had JC for most of like, you know, he was kind of uh, in that range. Keep in mind, I mean, JC has been way more productive than DeAndre, you know, to this point. Um, um But I, you know, I think DeAndre if, is set up to go get $140 million or something like that uh, with the cap increase projected for next year. Uh, and if he has a the kind of season he wants, I, everybody's looking for guys like him. You know, even if he has an imperfect season, you know, if, even if he has a kind of 75, 80% outcome as opposed to like 95% outcome, I think he's easily gonna get one ten. And I doubt the Hawks are offering that just because he's been hurt so much and they and they have to be very careful about uh you know what how their books project two, three, four years out. So I think it's I think it's completely expected that they don't come to an agreement. And I think that's the right decision for the Hawks, and I think it's the right decision for the player. And I don't often think of it that way. That's my thought. What about you?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. If, if I were to backtrack, you know, it, it, to the Jay thing, I think it feels like it has to be like a three-team trade. Like it, I yeah, to Piece together the two-team trades, and it's like uh, and they I don't see.
1: That. Yeah, I don't oh, see what the Suns want there.
0: Yeah, it's just hard. It's, you, every every deal that you lay out either, you know, the money can't work or the talent, you know, the talent just doesn't feel right for one of the two teams. Like it, it's really hard to try to play around with the pieces and come up with it. But yeah. I agree with you on Hunter. I, I, I'd guess that it doesn't happen, but
1: we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I think he would have to kind of um, not be betting on himself to, for him to agree to kind of what they're offering him. And, you know, I mean, sometimes teams will, sometimes they'll put some sort of kind of uh conditional offer where you know this much is guaranteed and it it could end up being a a, you know higher level and maybe that's a middle ground they can find too but that seems unlikely but not impossible yeah sort of like if you look at the tyler harrow contract and kind of look at how they modeled that to to be a certain baseline and with an upper end kind of outcome you know they could structure it like that and they could they could maybe work that out but i if i were DeAndre's agent i would say better than yourself but i i believe in him and I would just say but on yourself that's what I would be saying of how we're in this camp. All right.
0: Well, I appreciate you uh staying up late on your birthday to get this done.
1: Yeah, well, I know it's a it's a one more treat uh to my day. Appreciate the chance to to talk. Um look forward to the last game on Friday. I bet we see the young people, young players a lot on Friday, I would imagine. Uh, but, but we'll see. And then, then next week we'll get this thing going for real. All
0: right. Very good. Thanks, Kevin. Yep. Thank you, Glenn.
1: Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. How,
2: how would you say the chemistry was coming out of Abu Dhabi? Uh, it was great. I mean, uh, we just got to spend some time together. I mean, being away, you're, I mean, have to really be, be around each other a lot. So it was great. And a uh, good thing we all really get along and have a lot in common. So it was good. For sure. What was your favorite part of the trip off the court? Favorite part um, off the court. I don't know. Uh, there was a lot of really cool things. Getting to see the mosque and um, getting to, to really to meet the chairman and, and uh, just be around like all the fans over there. Like you can tell they, I mean, how much people really appreciate basketball where you never get to see it. I mean, in person. So I think sometimes like us over here, we really get sometimes take advantage of it sometimes and. I mean you get to see NBA players a lot and so seeing kids' faces over there and just people in general, because they really don't usually get to see NBA players. They really they really embraced us and had uh, had a lot of fun with it. put out the video of you riding the camera. Can you talk oh, yeah. about that experience? Yeah, that was crazy. That was new. I mean I've never I mean, I've never even ridden a horse, I mean, since I was a little kid, so um, so they and the getting on process and getting down is way different too. So they that, that whole getting on the cam was different for sure. So how was it finally playing with DeJounte in game, you know, in a preseason game, like game? How was that experience? Uh, it was good. It was fun. I mean, I mean, we played I mean, a couple times before with each other, but I mean getting to, to play against somebody else for the first time in a long time feels like um, it was really good. So I mean, we we uh, were waiting for it. I mean we still got a lot more to grow. We still, we're still learning each other and it's going to take some time and um, this is going to be fun. It's going to be quick. Do you feel like it was an adjustment to kind of play? I know you talked about being excited to play off the ball, but play off the ball in the you know in a game like situation? Yeah, I mean it was. I mean it's always going to be an adjustment with new teammates. I mean every year brings a new challenge and, and something new. So um, every year brings a new adjustment period, and I think uh, I mean the adjustment is going to be quick and easy. I, I'm obviously going. I'm gonna have to adjust and do some new things and different things here and there, but I'm still gonna be me and uh, still gonna play the way I do. So, uh, just kicking and choosing my spots a little differently. So, it's gonna be fun having him with me and uh, sharing the backcourt for sure. You had that stretch in the second game where it was, you scored 16 points in three minutes. Somebody yeah. asked me about that. I was like,
0: if you put that in a movie, people would say, nah, that can't happen. What a stupid movie, <laughs> that can't happen. Like, what's going through your mind when that's actually happening on the court?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's hard to describe it it's like a zone like you're in and like for me it's just like I've I've been in that zone a couple times in my life and um I mean I really wanted to go out there and have fun I think you get in that zone by having fun and being um carefree and just out there just letting the work speak for itself like I know the work that i put in um is gonna is gonna show so I think for me I just go out there and have fun and uh, you get in zones like that, so it's like a. I just I just keep playing. I don't I don't necessarily think about it too much either. Is is the left? I'm sorry. Is the left-handed floater like a, a new shot or something that you worked
0: on in the off season? Because I think we've seen you shoot it before, but it looked like you were taking the footwork to kind of lead up to it, and and you took it in both games. I
2: think. Yeah, yeah. I actually hit a couple. Uh, no, I've I've been able to do it. I think over. I mean, over the summer I've watched a lot of film. I, I didn't do it too much last year, but I know I. I can do it, so I worked a lot on it this summer. I mean it worked a lot on my left hand. Um so yeah, I mean I'm two for two on my left hand floater so far. I've gotta keep keep working on it. But that's definitely something I've I mean, I've had before, but I just haven't really been able to use it because I just haven't had as much confidence in it as I wanted to. So that was my question. Oh that's a good question. <laughs> Make track. a yeah. Make track.